We're continuing our series in John's Gospel, and we've reached the prayer of Jesus in John 17, and we're going to be looking at verses 14 through 19 in that prayer. It's part 26 in our John series. My goal today is to feel the impact of the challenge in this prayer, but not be discouraged, but empowered. To feel the impact of the challenge in this prayer and not be discouraged, but empowered. This is quite a powerful message today. It's one that is very challenging. And as I've been reading it and and pondering it, I felt challenged myself. And I really want the scripture to speak to you. I want Jesus to speak to you today. So it's not me, but it's Jesus speaking to you today. So this goal then is that we feel the impact of this challenge, but we're not discouraged by it, but we're empowered by it. Um, So the plan, I'm going to recap where we're up to in the prayer. Then I'm going to look at the fourth prayer, which I've entitled Safe from the World, and the fifth, Sent into the World. So my sermon title is Safe and Sent, and it's Safe from and Sent into the World. So let's look at a recap of where we're up to. First of all, the bigger picture. John falls into two parts. The first 12 chapters, the book of signs, where Jesus is doing his public teaching, and then 13 to 21, private time with the disciples, death and resurrection, and reunity with the disciples. So the book of glory, we start with the meal, the last supper, and then we have 14 to 17, this incredible series of messages from Jesus that's unequaled in the rest of scripture and is culminating in chapter 17 which we're looking at today and then we have 18 through to 20 arrest crucifixion and resurrection and then the book ends with another meal with the disciples so let's just look at these prayers of John 17 I'm just going to quickly go through them um, to, to to give you a sentence for each prayer or a couple of sentences for each prayer First prayer, I have completed your mission and brought eternal life to humanity. So the time has come for me to come back to your side in glory. We have to remember that Jesus' disciples are actually listening to this prayer. He's there, he's been talking to them and suddenly he lifts his eyes eyes to heaven and prays. And there was another place earlier in the gospel where at Lazarus' tomb, where Jesus actually prays and he says to the Father, I'm not saying this for you, I'm saying it for those who are here. So Jesus is actually conscious that this is not just a simple prayer um, to the Father, but he's actually involving them in, they're like um, um, bystanders, onlookers, or actually they're involved because the prayer is really about them. So he wants to draw them in to this prayer. And so what I'm trying to do now is to give you just a flow of how the prayer flows through. It's completed your mission, brought eternal life to humanity. You entrusted me with your loved ones, so I fed them your words and they received them. I pray for them now because they belong to us both. And this is a theme that he has. Now I'm leaving them. Please keep them safe and especially Give them the kind of unity that we have. That was the one we looked at last time. The world will hate them, but don't take them out. Rather, keep them safe. 
dedicate them to the truth and send them out to continue the mission that you sent me on. Then chapter, uh, section 6, which is 20 to 23. And as the mission grows, may the world see their love and unity and so believe in your love. And finally, I want them to be with me forever, enveloped in our love. So it's got a beautiful coherence as it goes through, building up to this climax. And the part we're going to be in now, which is prayers 4 and 5, is really key to moving from the past to the future. So I'd like to just quickly go over what we did last week. Just in outline, we said it was something like this. I'm no longer in the world, but I'm coming to you. Keep them safe so that they may be one just as we are one. I kept them safe, but now I'm coming to you. May they have my joy completed in them. And that was the, that was the outline of what we had last time. And I'm just going to give you some takeaways from that. Um, we, we learned uh, how much Jesus cared for his disciples, that they would be safe. And this message overall in this prayer is, I'm leaving them, I really want them to be kept safe. So, Father, they belong to us both, so I'm committing them to you. And just imagine the disciples are there, and they're, they're hearing this, and they're feeling that Jesus cares so much for them that he's making sure they're looked after. And I wanted us to just take that in, what it was like for the disciples at that time. But not only is, does he care for them, but it's really important that they have this joy. Because the, the prayer ends up, may they have my joy completed in them. And we talked about how you know, parents might be, we might have a, a thought about them, they don't really care about um, my happiness. A stern parent just wants my good. And we can think that God is like that. He really, he just wants our good. And this is saying, no, God actually wants our joy. He actually desires our happiness here. And that can be hard for us to take in, but this is what Jesus is saying. He wants uh, a, just a deep level of joy and of, 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 of happiness to be there in us because of what he has done and because of who he is and the relationship primarily we have with him. And then I, I ended up last time talking about how these two things are woven together in something deeper, which is right in the middle there, which is this prayer of unity. <clears throat> and this, uh, that they may be one, just as we are one, is an incredible prayer. And it's like, what does it mean? It, it, we, we didn't really have a chance to scratch the surface, but it resurfaces later in John 17. So we're going to have time to look at that more when it, Jesus develops it more. But that was, the, that was the prayer that we looked at last time, the third prayer. And that's setting things up for today because he talks about them being in the world and um, keep being kept safe. And now we're going to launch in to prayer number four. So we've recapped the prayer of John 17. We're into the fourth prayer, safe from the world, and then we'll look at the fifth prayer. So... Um, so what I'd like to do then is to spend some time just looking at the words in here and examining what's being said here. And uh, last time 
I counted these these verses, these two prayers, for fourth and fifth, as one prayer. But having reflected on them and spent some time in the passage, I actually think it's two separate prayers. And I think you'll agree with me when you see how this all works together. So we're going to be then looking at this. And the first thing I want to say about this is that the form of the prayer is, has got this structure that we've just seen in the, in the prayer where you start off with an idea and you come back at the end to the same idea. And maybe that is the problem you're praying about. But within that, you develop some other ideas which lead you to a key point in the middle. And then you step back, examining how these changes the, the issue. And then you, you end up with the original idea, but now you have a new twist on it. And um, I illustrated this last week, and I'll show you again, with how this often works out in the way we think and the way we speak. And it's a natural, a natural form for prayer. So here's one. I wish I could support my friends who are in need, but I would need more income, which would mean a better job. So I'm praying for this, so that when God answers my prayer and gives me a better job, and I have more income, I can support those in need. So what you see in this is that the and the first line and the last line are really what it's about. That's the, 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 the purpose of the prayer. But right in the middle is the key element that makes the difference. And we're going to see that in all of these prayers of Jesus that he uses in all but um, the second to last one. He uses this kind of structure and introduces an idea and then right in the middle there's something key which changes. And seeing this is very helpful to seeing where it's going and what is important in this prayer. So let's dig down into this prayer here in John 17 that we're going to look at. So um, here we have, and now first of all we're going to look at the one that begins in verse 14 at the top there. And it starts off with, I've given them your word. And then I've summarized there in italics the, uh, the, 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 what goes on in the middle. And then it ends, your word is truth, in verse 17. I've given your, them your word, your word is truth. Um, ignore what's below that, verse 17, because that's the last prayer. That's the, the, uh, the last prayer we're going to consider today, prayer number five. So we're looking at the top five lines there on there. So, here's the initial statement. I've given them your word. And then we have, the world rejects them as it did me. And then he says, don't take them out, but keep them safe. Comes back, the world rejects them as it did me. And then your word is truth. So, let's just actually read what Jesus says now. I've shown you how it works. Let's look at what Jesus says. So, I've given them your word. And this is what Jesus says. And the world has hated them because they do not belong to the world just as I do not belong to the world. And then we have the central statement. I'm not asking that you take, for, that you take them out of the world but that you keep them safe from the evil one. Not that you take them out but you keep them safe. And this is the key idea in the middle. And then we can go back one step back to, um, uh, to verse 16. They do not belong to the world just as I do not belong to the world. And that's virtually identical, word for word, virtually, um, in the original Greek to the, 
the one we've had previously. And so quite clearly Jesus is marking this out as, as a, like markers around this central point that's so key. And then he ends up, your word is truth. So that is the prayer that we have, this first prayer that we're going to look at. And we're going to spend some time unpacking that now. So um, this is, I'm just going to summarize this in, uh, just in an outline. I gave him your word. The world rejects them as it did me, but don't take them out, just keep them safe. The world rejects them as it did me. Your word is truth. So there are a lot of questions came up for me as I was studying this. I, what's meant by your word? Um, what's the world? What's it talking about? The world. Um, are Christians always hated and rejected? Is that what always happens? Um, why exactly uh, would we be hated? And what does it mean to be kept safe from the evil one? What does that actually mean? And so I want to have a look at answering some of those questions. Well, the world can mean several things in the Bible. It can mean the physically created cosmos, you know, the universe, the, or the, you know, the physical world. Um, that's what it can mean. Uh, or it can mean the people in the world, like, for example, John 3.16, God so loved the world. He's not talking about the mountains or the animals, it's the people in the world. Or it can mean the aspects of humanity that are opposed to God, you know, like, the, the wor- like worldliness, for example, or, you know, being spiritual or being worldly, like that conflict between the world and the spirit. And so that's, those are the three usages. And Sometimes Jesus is talking here, I don't think he's talking about the physical world at all, but sometimes he's talking about the world in terms of all the people, and sometimes it's those aspects which are in opposition to God. And uh, um, so that's, uh, so I would say in, in here really it's talking about the aspects of humanity that are in opposition to God. It's the last of those definitions. So uh, the world rejects them, meaning the the parts, the people, the aspects that are in opposition to God. So, but there's a question um, that that comes up then. Christians are not constantly rejected by everyone. So what's going on here? What does this mean? Well, let's stop a minute and think, what did this mean for Jesus? Because Jesus is saying, what's going to happen to them is what happened to me. So it's very helpful for us to say, let's stop and think, what was Jesus? What was it like for Jesus? Well, he wasn't always rejected. Sometimes people loved him. Great crowds followed him, um, particularly when he fed them. They 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 were very popular. But it was when he challenged their lifestyle that they got angry, and uh, when he stood up against the oppressive legalism of the leaders, that's when things got ugly. So. I would say whenever God's message contradicted their behavior, there was trouble. So this fits in well with our passage here because he says, I gave them your word. And actually, it's this word which is the message that God has given us. So when Jesus taught about how we should live, then that teaching uh, raised opposition at times. And it's that teaching that that is being talked about here, that the world rejects. And when we're true to that teaching, we will cause some problems to happen. And there can be be things, particularly when we stand up for what's wrong, 
and we or what's right rather against what's wrong and we can make a stand and that is going to cause us opposition so um i want to say jesus calls us to be salt and light in the world and he told the disciples they were like that and that means by being by having the truth of god bringing it into situations um so and that will cause uh god's values to contradict the values of what the world is doing and there'll be problems so um the next question is um what does it mean to keep them safe from the evil one well this certainly didn't mean not being killed because we know the disciples you know some of them many of them d- uh, died as martyrs but jesus tells them uh not to fear those who can kill the body but they must take what they must put their attention on is their eternal security and they're safe eternally and uh, just as satan tried to destroy um peter's purpose he will try and destroy your purpose satan wants your purpose to be destroyed in this life he wants you to have or everything you do to end up having no value and jesus jesus was for peter and he restored him and he made sure that did not happen and um for peter it was much more important um that his faith held out to the end that was what peter was concerned about right not that he was never martyred but his faith held out and um so i want to i want to encourage you in this that this message here is that Jesus that ultimately Jesus is for you that he was to protect you from the evil one who wants to to damage your purpose wants to damage your 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 eternal destiny which you can't do but wants you to destroy you as a person and that can't be done because you're secure in Jesus um i don't know if you ever uh, wonder what it would like to be mar- to be martyred if you were faced being martyred um I, i you know i sometimes torture myself with that question you know andrew if you were faced you know you're going to 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 burn in these flames or you're going to renounce jesus which would you do and you know i hope i would i would uh, um you know choose jesus but like what a question and and how ca- how can i how can i answer something like that and i think really the answer is that that jesus will be there for you and and that's the testimony of god's people down through the ages that when it comes to it it's a joy they don't have a problem they don't they they gladly give their lives for jesus and they laugh at the pain because jesus is there for them at that moment and you know i challenge you to read some stories of christians who've suffered and just see the joy that's that just covered them as they've been through this and how jesus has been faithful in this so um i think that uh if i want to summarize what we can learn here uh, don't be surprised if there is a cost to following jesus that's the first thing i want you to learn from this don't be surprised if there is a cost to following jesus and the second thing is jesus says blessed are you when you are persecuted for my sake that actually the blessing outweighs any of the discomfort and jesus promises that here i believe this is what he's promising here and so don't be surprised but don't be discouraged so uh, what i'd like to do then is to uh, to move on to the next prayer and uh, we have uh, just to recap we did john 17 we did the fourth prayer and now we're going to 
spend the last of this, this time together with the fifth prayer, which is sent into the world. And um, what I'd like to do then is to go back to our outline, and we'll expand the, the bit at the bottom here. So, let me just close this up so we can see it better. There we go. So, your word is truth, and this is actually a little shorter. Dedicate them in the truth, that they too may be dedicated in the truth. Now, I'll explain that in just a minute. But then we have the middle part. Just as you sent me into the world, so I send them into the world, and for the sake of them, I dedicate myself. Beautifully balanced. It's just a lovely phrasing of the sentence, but it's very powerful here. Just as you, the Father, sent me, Jesus, into the world, so I, Jesus, send them, that's us and the disciples, into the world, and for the sake of them, I dedicate myself. Well, what does that mean? Now, often in translations it says, sanctify them in the truth. Um, I sanctified myself. And there's a lot of confusion around this word, because people uh, use the word sanctify to mean, you know, get rid of sin. And, of course, in many places it does mean that, but that's not the main meaning. The main meaning of sanctify is to dedicate it for a particular purpose. So in the temple, there were particular bowls and there were particular kind of incense that could only be used for the temple worship, and it was spoken as being sanctified. That means it had a single purpose completely for God. The Levites were sanctified, which means they were devoted to God. It didn't mean they were particularly better, better behaved than other people. It meant that they were completely devoted. And what Jesus is saying here is that we should be devoted to the mission, to the mission of his kingdom. And so when he says dedicate them to the truth, at the top there, at the middle there rather, dedicate them to the truth, what he's saying is, the truth is the mission of God. This is his revelation. May, though, may my people be 100% committed to this mission I have for them. And it goes and it describes the mission. It's being sent into the world. Um, and Jesus says, I actually dedicated myself. Well, what does that mean? It means that Jesus, partly that Jesus committed himself to the mission, like because he was about to die on the cross. That's complete dedication. But also, it says, for the sake of them, I dedicated myself. Actually, he's committed to us 100% so that we can be committed to the mission. And so it ends up, so they too may be dedicated in the truth. And so this beautiful little prayer here, which is a, a, a big transition in this prayer in John 17, because it's moving us from prayers for being safe to prayers of going out in power and bringing Jesus' mission into effect. So this is challenging and it's important. It's a major, major um, uh, shift in the teaching here. I just want to say I cheated slightly here. Um, you can see this map beautifully, 14 through to 17 there. with I've given your word in 14, 17, your word is truth. <coughs> and then we get dedicate them in the truth. And we have they too may be dedicated in the truth. So that looks very neat. What Jesus has done is actually 
switch those two lines around. I've cheated because I've switched those two lines in verse 17 around, and I'm going to show you what it's really like now. <clears throat> it says here, dedicate them in the truth, your word is truth. So it's the other way around. So your word is truth links back to verse 14, and dedicate them in the truth, which forward to 19, which is a really neat thing to do. It's like a little interlock that he's done. He's got two prayers, but he's actually interlocked the beginning of the end of one of them with the beginning of the other, and which works very well in the flow of the teaching here. So and that's what's going on. Uh, let's go back and have a look at what this prayer is saying here. Um, just like I did before, I want to give you a simple version of it, and then we'll look at what it means for us. Make them 100% committed to the message. Just as you sent me into the world, so I send them. And for their sakes, I am 100% committed, so that they will be 100% committed to the message. What does this mean, that we are so dedicated? Well, simply, totally committed. And to be honest, it means willing to die, if that's what it takes. It means willing to sacrifice our own goals for the goals of Jesus. I told you this was going to be a challenging message today. Uh, This is asking everything of us. And um, I want to... So so how does it help that Jesus is committed? Well, he's died for us, and he is there for us 100% of the time. So um, is this only about the gospel? Um, is Is it just about, like, just preaching the gospel to people? Um, No, we're going to see that actually, primarily this is about love. Primarily, this is going to be about living a life of love, which might work out, you know, in terms of telling people the truth, because it's a loving thing to do to tell people the truth. But we're going to see that it's love and unity that really are going to be the core of what this is all about. Um, So, uh, why would this cause hatred? Um, Well, it did for Jesus to live a life of love. It did for Jesus. Um, And there have been stories of of how Christians have been attacked when they're simply showing love, but because their their ethical beliefs come in or something comes in about what they believe, um, they get rejected. And some really horrible things have been said about Christians who are just so dedicated in in giving themselves in a loving way. So even though this is going to be about love, it can actually still attract attacks from the world. It happened to Jesus. I mean, Jesus' life was just pure love and the way he treated, the way he behaved to people, yet he got attacked many, many times. So I'm going to end now by just uh, putting some, uh, some suggestions about how we can respond to this. This is a very challenging message. I acknowledge that. I want to ask you to ask yourself if you are really 100% committed to Jesus' mission. And, of course, none of us can say, yes, we are, but this is a challenge. And I want, then I want to say to you, Don't feel condemned by this message because Jesus was so gentle with his disciples and is so committed to you. So even though this sounds like a a message that is like very harsh, 
It's not at all. Because Jesus is with you, he's, he's here, he's present, and he's committed to you 100%. And he wants you to be challenged. He wants you to be deeply challenged today. But he wants you to be challenged in a way that invites him into the process. And so I would say that our response today should be something like this. Um, we would ask Jesus to show us what these words mean in our lives right now. Just we, And I'm going to read them through in just a moment and then we're going to close. But as we go through them, I want you to ask to Jesus, what do these mean to me right now? And then say, Jesus, I want to be 100% committed. Please help me. I want to be 100% committed. Please help me. And so I began with the goal to feel the impact of the challenge in, in this prayer, but not be discouraged, but empowered. And that's what... I want to leave us with. So, all you need to ask is, please help me. All you need to say is, Jesus, I want more, I want more of my focus to be your kingdom, your goals, your desire for my life, your purpose for my life. I want that to be my goal. Please help me. So, let's go back again to John 17 and see what Jesus says in this, these verses here. <clears throat> Starting in verse 14. And let's allow these words to sink in now and the challenge to sink in. I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they do not belong to the world just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking that you take them out from the world but that you keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to the world just as I do not belong to the world. Dedicate them. And that's the word dedicate is really means commit 100%. May they be committed 100%. Dedicate them in the truth. Your word is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, so I send them into the world. And that's the scary challenge. That's the most challenging part to me. So I send them into the world. And for the sake of of them I dedicated myself so that they too may be dedicated in truth. Let's pray. Jesus, we hear what you're saying to us and it is so challenging, we confess. We pray that you will challenge us out of our comfort zone and that we will be 100% committed in every part of our life. And we invite you, Jesus, to show us where we need to change. We invite you now, show us. And have compassion and gently give us the commitment that you want us to have so that we will be coming eventually into your joy. Nothing can hurt us because you are 100% committed to us. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you. Amen.